0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to me, Alice, on the Backtracker History Show podcast. Join me as we go delving through the archives to find out about people, places and events that happened in the past. These were stories that were big news in their day, but are largely forgotten now. Most of these podcasts have been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. This show will be travelling back to the 18th century, where I will be introducing you to a woman of exceptional talent, who worked her way up from nothing to become a famous National British Romantic Poet. I'm talking about Anne Yearsley, known also as Lactilla, or the poetical milkwoman of Bristol, who was one of only a few working-class women of the era to gain prominence as a writer. She was born in Bristol to John and Anne Cormarty on the 8th of July, 1753. Anne worked in childhood as a milkwoman, just like her mother, who was one of those milkwomen who came every morning into Bristol from the neighbouring farms, carrying pails of milk on her head and shouting in the streets, letting people know that fresh milk was available to buy. She brought Anne up to follow the same trade, but she was an unusual sort of milkwoman, as she was fond of reading and would borrow books from her patrons. She had her own thoughts on life and death and would walk with Anne in Clifton Churchyard, making up tales and commentary from the inscriptions on the tombs. This may well be the origin of Anne's preoccupation with death and its darkness. Anne in turn began to read, and with such poor equipment as she had, to think and write. She received no formal education, learning how to write from her brother. One source says that they would borrow books from a circulating library. Bristol's first circulating library opened in 1728. It's more likely, though, that she received books borrowed from her mother's employers. and later developed a taste for the works of Edward Young and John Milton. Her mentor, Hannah Moore, exclaimed after she discovered her talent,
1: She had never
0: even seen a dictionary. Anne Junior married a poor yeoman farmer, John Yearsley, in 1774 when she was 21. And together they raised six children. She would spend the next ten years developing her writing skills, whilst at the same time carrying out the hard duties of a farmer's wife and looking after her large brood. Word of the Week And this week the word I give you is Bumboat Which is a small boat used to ferry supplies to ships moored away from the shore The name comes from the combination of the Dutch word for a canoe Boomshoot, where boom means tree And boat in Tobias Smollett's 1748 novel, The Adventures of Roderick Random, a bumboat woman conducts business with sailors imprisoned on board a pressing tender moored near the Tower Wharf on the Thames River, London. In HMS Pinafore, W.S. Gilbert describes Little Buttercup as a bumboat woman. And in Singapore, the term bumboat is applied to small water taxis and boats that take tourists on short tours. The winter of 1783 to 1784 was very severe and brought the Yearsley family close to destitution. Anne was discovered by a benevolent gentleman destitute in a stable in Clifton with her husband and four surviving children. She was also pregnant again, and with them they had her mother, who was dying of starvation. After her child was born, Anne went back to becoming a milkwoman, selling milk door-to-door in Bristol, an occupation she had a lot of experience in. Yearsley also had to collect pigswill, including some from the home of poet, playwright, blue-stocking and philanthropist Hannah Moore, who observed Yearley's literary capability and arranged for her work to be published by subscription. And this is what she said about Anne. Her writing excited my attention because it breathed the genuine spirit of poetry and rendered still more interesting by a certain natural and strong expression of misery that seemed to fill the head and mind of the author. What amazed Hannah was Anne's skill at interpreting literature with accuracy? Without having ever conversed with anybody above her own level, she seems to mess the general principles of sound, taste and just thinking. Yearsley's first collection, Poems on Several Occasions, contained poems exploring the themes of death, night, solitude, friendship and religion, and it brought her quick success. The collection includes Clifton Hill, written in January 1785, exactly a year after she was discovered destitute, and it begins...
1: In this lone hour, when angry storms descend... And the chilled soul deplores her distant friend When all her sprightly fires inactive lie And gloomy objects fill the mental eye
0: Through Moore's patronage Yearsley's poetry attracted more than 1,000 subscribers Including the Prime Minister, William Pitt And Georgiana, Duchess of Devonshire The poem has brought Yearsley fame and fortune But it was the very public falling out with her patron, Hannah Moore, which followed almost immediately after, which brought notoriety and infamy, which would dog her not only for the rest of her life, but for the next 200 years, during which her works would be dismissed and her character destroyed. Yearsley accused Moore of defrauding her, when Moore invested the profits around £380 in a trust, The two fell out, but Yearsley eventually recovered the money. Moore always said that she was more concerned with making sure her protégé survived, rather than got rich, knowing what a poor state she'd found her in not long before.
1: (laughs) Word on the street.
0: This week, we'll be going to BS9 Hague Close in Bristol, named in honour of Field Marshal Earl Hague, a member of the famous Whiskey family and ex-pupil of Clifton College. These houses were built at a public cost of £500,000 for the purpose of providing accommodation at reasonable rents for disabled veterans of the First World War. Many of these rehomed veterans were survivors among the slaughtered thousands who died at the 1916 Battle of the Somme and successive Indecisive Battles of 1917, for which Haig was largely responsible. Two years after the financial controversy with Hannah Moore and supported by the Earl of Bristol, Yearsley published Poems on Various Subjects, and 12 years later, The Rural Lie, a volume of poems, which came out in 1796. Before this, she wrote a piece decrying the slave trade, which, of course, was huge business in ports like Bristol. In 1788, she published a poem on the inhumanity of the slave trade, and this became one of her most well-known pieces of work. Here is just a part of this long poem, where she describes the torment felt by the slaves.
1: The dingy youth comes on, sullen in chains. He smiles on the rough sailor, who aloud strikes at the spacious heaven, the earth, the sea, in breath too blasphemous, yet not to him blasphemous, for he dreads not either. Lost in dear internal imaginary, the soul of Indian Luco rises to his eyes. Silent, not inexpressive, the the strong beams with eager wildness, yet curse on the toil spread by a Christian hand to rob the Indian of his freedom. Curse on him who from a bending parent steals his dear support of age his darling child
0: this poem appeared really early in the poetic campaign against the slave trade and depicts an enslaved african taking violent action against the british planter and encourages the reader to sympathize with the african which was a stance that would surely have shocked many contemporary readers yearsley may have developed this political stance because Hannah Moore was among the noted Bristol women who campaigned against the Bristol slave trade. After Anne's poem Against Slavery, she followed up with a play called Irkewin, a historical play, and then a novel, The Royal Captives, a fragment of secret history. In 1793, she opened a circulating library in the colonnade situated in the wealthy and fashionable location of Hotwells in Bristol, down by the river. A catalogue exists of the books contained in the library with stringent rules regarding damage to borrowed books.
1: If any book is written, or the leaf of a book is torn or damaged while in the custody of a subscriber... That book, or if it should belong to a set, that set of books, to be paid for at the price fixed in the catalogue. The catalogue itself
0: reveals a range of 666 books, including history, travel, novels, plays and, of course, poetry. And you shouldn't be surprised to know that it also contained three volumes of Yearsley's own poems – In common with other circulating libraries of the time, Yearsley's library would have doubled as a stationer's shop and also sold such items as medicines and perfumes. Despite being seen in general as an uneducated poet, Anne Yearsley had done rather well for herself. Her final volume of poems, The Rural Lie, was released in 1796, before she withdrew from the literary scene. Her beloved son died in 1799, followed by her husband in 1803. Anne Yearsley retired to Melksham in Wiltshire to live near her son John in 1803, and there she died on the 6th of May 1806, aged just 52. Her grave can be found in Birdcage Walk in Clifton, Bristol.
1: Light the candles, get yourself a fresh cup of something hot or a glass of something chilled and settle back to enjoy a selection of 100% spoiler-free book reviews. Whether you're a fan of cosy mysteries, horror, romantic comedies, science fiction or anything else you might find on the bookcase, being bookish is a great place to start. Join me, your host Ray, as I take a joyride through the books on my bookshelves and journey into new territories with recommendations every week. You may even hear a few interviews with authors along the way. Find every episode of Being Bookish wherever you find your podcasts. Back in the day, facts. Back in the day, facts.
0: Let's start off with the 26th of November 1914 when HMS Bulwark is destroyed by a large internal explosion with the loss of 741 men near Sheerness. Also on the 26th of November but in 1922 Howard Carter and Lord Carnarvon become the first people to enter the tomb of the pharaoh Tutankhamun in over 3,000 years. On the 27th of November 1895, at the Swedish-Norwegian Club in Paris, Alfred Noble signs his last will and testament, setting aside his estate to establish the Nobel Prize after he dies. On the 28th of November 1972, Claude Buffett and Roger Bontems are guillotined at La Santé prison, becoming the last execution in Paris. Both men had been convicted of the murders of prison warder Guy Gouraudot and prisoners Nicole Comte in 1971, whom they had taken hostage while Buffett was already serving a life sentence. On the 29th of November, 1963, I Want to Hold Your Hand, recorded in October the 17th, 1963, is released by the Beatles in the United Kingdom. It was the first Beatles record to be made using four-track equipment, and with advance orders exceeding one million copies in the United Kingdom, I Want to Hold Your Hand would have gone straight to the top of the British record charts on its day of release, but it was blocked by their first million-seller, She Loves You, and it took two weeks to dislodge its predecessor. I Want to Hold Your Hand stayed at number one for five weeks and remained in the UK top 50 for 21 weeks in total. On the 30th of November, 1934, the LNER Class A3-4472 Flying Scotsman becomes the first steam locomotive to be authenticated at reaching 100 miles an hour. In fact, this famous locomotive set two world records. The other one being that it set a record for the longest non-stop run by a steam locomotive when it ran for 422 miles on the 8th of August 1989 while in Australia. As well as hauling enthusiast specials in the United Kingdom, the locomotive toured extensively in the United States and Canada from 1969 until 1973, and Australia in 1988 and 1989, and has been hailed as the world's most famous steam locomotive. The 30th of November, but in 1982, saw Michael Jackson releasing his sixth solo studio album. This one was Thriller, and it was released worldwide, ultimately becoming the best-selling record album in history. With sales of over 70 million copies worldwide, it's been certified at 34 times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. It won a record-breaking eight Grammy Awards at the 1984 Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year, while Beat It won Record of the Year. Jackson also won a record-breaking eight American Music Awards at the 1984 American Music Awards, and the album had been a frequent inclusion in lists of the greatest albums of all time. In 2008, it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, And in the same year, the Library of Congress added it to its National Recording Registry of culturally, historically or aesthetically significant recordings. And lastly, on the 1st of December 1941, Emperor Hirohito of Japan gives his tacit approval to the decision of the Imperial Council to initiate war against the United States. I'm afraid that means it's the end of today's show. But don't worry, you will be listening to me, Alice, again at the same time, same place, next week. Now, I'd like to thank those two women who made this show come to life. And in this episode, we had Sam Roberts from St Stephen's Drama Group in Bristol, as well as our very own Catherine Ayres. Thanks so very much for all your help. Thank you once again for listening to me, Alice, on the Backtracker History Show. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter or Facebook by looking up at BacktrackerUK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK. I also occasionally post onto TikTok and Instagram. So do come along and find me because it's amazing to hear from you and get some feedback or even ideas for future shows. As a small independent podcaster, your help and support is always appreciated. And one way you can do that is to rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a review also helps as it gives other people an idea of what the show's about. The show is regularly released on Mondays. So until next time, guys, take care and look after each other.